Welcome to the December 11th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, and our sermon is entitled, Our Christmas Challenge, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. I'm grateful to stand today on the Word of God. I, I'm, I'm grateful for the Christmas challenge in which God has laid on my heart that I hopefully will convey to you. As we look back to what has happened some 2,000 years ago, That is a wonderful thing in which we celebrate today. But as you have heard, the importance of what happened long ago is still important today because Jesus is coming back. And it's what you and I do with Jesus in these days that matters when He returns. And so today, the Christmas challenge that I want to give to you is a statement that comes from God's Holy Word. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9 Verse number 15. I want you to go there in your Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. Verse number 15. And these eight words will serve as my challenge to you this Christmas season. As the body of believers that are gathered at Clifford Baptist Church. My prayer is this. That these eight words will change our church's life over the next two weeks. I pray that it will change our attitude and our outlook in the way that we view the world in the next two weeks. Because this Christmas challenge, I believe, can strike the hearts of other people. And that is my prayer as I come and I bring God's word to you today. These eight words today, my prayer is this, will change our outlook this Christmas season. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to do something I normally don't ask you to do. And I'm going to do for eight words. I'm going to ask you just for one second to please stand as you listen to the power that these words contain. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse number 15. These eight words, here they are. Here is the challenge. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Can we read those eight words together? Read them loud, church. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Let's pray together. Father God, only the way that you can, I pray that you use these eight words over the course of the next 20 minutes to change and to to grab our hearts and our minds and to focus them on you, but also, Lord, for us to grab the challenge of your word to be given to the world. Thank you, Jesus, for what you are going to do, and we give it to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Today, as we look at God's Word, it's amazing how God uses these eight words in the middle of Scripture to write to a church that He wants to make an impact in the place of Corinth. He wants them to make an impact because even though it is a rich city, the people in the city are so poor. And so with uh, with with these challenges of these words, he wants to reach a poor people with the ministry of the church. And friends, today I want you to know that our job is not together for one hour on Sunday morning, dress up in our Sunday best, look good, and do church. Our job is to do life together. 
to do life and to do it centered around the belief and the focus of Jesus Christ being the Lord and Savior of our life. I'm grateful today to stand here in this position and offer you a challenge, not a duty, not something I'm begging you to do, but just something that I've been praying that God would open the eyes of his people at Clifford Baptist Church with. This, these words are nestled in the midst of, of words that encourage giving. Giving. This is not a tithing sermon. I'll probably only preach one of them a year, and it's not today. Because I believe there's something far better that we can give and share with the world that Christ offers us this Christmas season. And his name is Jesus. And if you can't share Jesus at Christmas, shame on us. Shame on me. The greatest gift that has been given to the world serves as our Christmas challenge today. You're going to get six points. They're going to come at you pretty fast. Hold on tight. Point number one today is this. Every gift has a giver. I'm going to say that one more time. Every gift has a giver. We're told in verse number 15 that the gift is his unspeakable gift. But if you back up to verse number 7 in chapter 9, it says this, Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. I want to tell you this. I used to be a cheerful giver. I'm by humbug at Christmas time now. As I return 40, you don't want... The day before Christmas, I get in the mood. I despise buying gifts. I'm not a good giver. And I will tell you the backstory, but it's a long story with that. But I want to tell you this. Every gift that you can think of that you've been given in your life, the gifts that have poured into your life, they have a source. They have a source. At Christmas time, one of the things that I loved growing up as a kid is to see my kids run to the Christmas tree. And the one thing that we would caution them to do is look at the name tag and make sure it's yours. But that name tag holds two valuable points. It holds who that present or who that gift is for, but it holds also who it's from. Every gift has a giver. And sometimes Christians can be the most lousiest gift givers of all. Me being one of them. I'm the bah humbug. But listen, our spirit and to what we celebrate Christmas should be centered on Jesus Christ. And if I can't cheerfully tell somebody about my Savior, please let me get out of here. If I can't be cheerful about the greatest thing that has happened into my life, I've got to work on that. And so Christians, here's the plea. Be cheerful about what God has done in your life. If God has changed you, tell somebody about it and mean it and be cheerful about it. If God has changed your life, it should excite you. So a lot of people tell me over the past six months that you've got a lot of energy. 
you should see me on a baseball field. But if I'm not passionate about what I believe in, I don't expect you to believe in it. If I don't think that what Jesus done for me, he can do for you, I shouldn't be telling you about it. Every gift has a giver. And the greatest gift Jesus Christ, the world has known, was given to us by God Almighty. We should be willing to look at that name tag and see the gift was given not only to us individually, but by God Almighty. That is a gift today that I don't want to keep for myself. I don't want to keep Jesus wrapped up in my home or in my, my office and not share that gift with someone else. I want others to understand Jesus. I want them to ask questions about Jesus. I want them to learn about Jesus. I want them to enjoy the gift that is Jesus. Can you remember the person that led you to Jesus? Real quick in your mind, can you think just for a second, the person that shared the truth of the gospel that changed your life, do you know who that person is? For most of us, we can pinpoint a time or a sermon or a moment where we accepted the greatest gift of all, salvation. But ultimately, God is the giver. God is the giver of that life-changing power. Today, I want you to know in point number one, every gift has a giver. Point number two, it is the greatest gift. Jesus Christ is the greatest gift. I have been blessed to receive so many great gifts throughout 40 years of life. And I'm at the point of life, we kind of get there, that I say, I don't want any more. Don't bring the gifts. I want the important things. I want the important things of family. I want the important things of people that get along and people are doing life together. Me, Terry and I, we don't do Christmas together. And even that has extended out to our families. Now, don't buy us a gift because we got all we need. Christian today, do you know if you have Christ as your Savior, you've got everything you need? You've got everything you need, but we tend to find ourselves looking and searching in different places for what God truly can give. And so I want you to know if you are a believer here, you already have the greatest gift. We need to tap into that great gift that Jesus is in our life. I will tell you this. I read an article in preparing for this message, and that article uh, was talking about the best gifts satisfy four different areas okay the best gift satisfy, satisfies four different areas number one it meets a desire it's something that you really want so a good gift meets what somebody desires a good gift addresses problems that's why gift cards are great gifts because they address problems so they address problems, business, busyness, time. You don't know what to get somebody. Get them a gift card because it addresses the need and the problem. The third thing, it makes you more effective. A good gift makes you more effective. And the fourth thing is a good gift 
creates meaning. It's personalized. It's intended for the one that is receiving. Now, why did I tell you all of those things? I didn't need this article to tell me this, but I think Jesus Christ satisfies all four areas and he meets every need in every heart that is represented in this place today. So friends, if you're looking for something, I've got your answer. It's Jesus. He meets the need. As Paul refers to this unspeakable gift, I want to read the verse one more time. 2 Corinthians 9, 15. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. The Greek word that is used here is a nek diegatos. Y'all try to say that five times fast. The only time it's used in the Bible. Describing the gift of Jesus. In all of the words, in all of the English language that we have, there is no word that describes how great of a gift Jesus Christ is. Paul says this, this gift is undescribable. I'm grateful today that I don't have to sit here and try to find a word to describe the importance of Jesus Christ in your life. Paul says it's undescribable. But it means so much. This one verse today, my prayer is this. It challenges me to figure out and to search and to look for how important Jesus is in my life. How important he is. Ephesians chapter 3 tries to explain the vastness of Christ. And he says that nothing can do that. Height, depth, breadth. You can't contain the gift that Jesus is. You cannot describe it. We know the scripture in John 3.16, the very famous verse in your Bible, but it speaks to so much. For God so loved the world. In that one verse, it tells you who the giver is. God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's the gift. So you have the giver and you have the gift that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Who is the recipient in that verse? Whosoever. Who's the whosoever? Go ahead. Go ahead. Who's whosoever? Amen. But there's a lot of whosoever's outside of these doors that need the gift that you and I possess. Friends, today the Christmas challenge isn't just for us to keep the gift for ourselves. The greatest gift, the Christmas challenge, is to share the greatest gift with somebody else. Point number three today is this. The gift is free. The best deal on the planet is free 99. It's free. You don't have to pay anything for it. When we go bargain hunting, we look for the buy one, get one free. We like those deals. But how come when the greatest gift is free, we are the ones who fail to share it? We fail to give it out. The root, the root, the word, excuse me, the word here for gift 
used in verse number 15, Doria, it means a free gift. A free gift. It's something that you don't have to do anything for. It's something that you don't have to work for, but it is given freely. This Christmas season, as it begins to turn into gifts abound, the greatest gift is still available, and we need not to be reluctant to share that free gift. It's time for us to share what Jesus means to us. Even though it is a free gift, I will warn you, it does cost you. It does cost you. That free gift gift reminds us to count the cost. It requires us to deny self, to take up the cross daily and to follow him. It requires us to seek things that are above. It requires us to present ourselves approved. It requires us that when we take hold of it, not to look back. It it requires us to go as lambs in the midst of wolves. It requires us to be crucified in Christ, as Paul says, no longer that I live, but that Christ lives in me. And the challenge is this. If you love it, if you love it, you will lose it. If you love your life, you will lose it and you will lay it down at the feet of Jesus. So even though it is a free gift, it is a gift that cost you and I something. This same Greek word was used at Jacob's well by Jesus. As he addresses her, the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4, Jesus says this as he answers her, If thou knewest the gift of God, the free gift of God, and who it is that saith uh, to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The same word is used there. Jesus says the free gift stands before you, and you don't even recognize it. Christians today at Clifford Baptist Church How can we convey that great message of freedom to the people that need the gift of God? Will we exercise and give accordingly? The fourth point today is that we need to do is to pray for the one that is receiving the gift. As Paul writes to the church in Corinth, he says this. He says, I thank God for what you gave. Thankfully today, Thankfully today, who are the people that have poured into your life, that have given so that you can understand and know about Jesus? This morning in our Connections class, I walked the halls of all our young people giving a tour of our church, and you could hear and see the teachers that are just pouring in their energy and their time to teach people about the gift of God. But have you ever, ever considered who poured into you? Parents, grandparents, church leaders, teachers. Some of the most powerful words a pastor has ever heard are these. I am praying for you. I don't want you to say that unless you're doing it. And I don't want to tell you that unless I'm doing it. But have you ever prayed to give the gift of Jesus Christ to somebody? Let's take take this and put this into action real quick. In your mind, real quick, think of one person over the next two weeks that will be near you 
that needs Jesus. Everybody got a name? Nod your head. Begin praying for that name. Don't hope it happens. Don't hope that uh, an opportunity comes up. Don't wish for it. Pray that God gives you an opportunity to share the gift of Jesus Christ to somebody. We need to bathe our gift giving in prayer. And when it comes to giving Jesus and sharing Jesus, so many of us fail because Jesus isn't a part of it. It's not about a number. It's not about how many. It's about one that you choose and you will pray for and that you will intentionally go to with the gift of the gospel. Today, this Christmas challenge requires our part to pray and to open our mouth. There are people in our community this Christmas season that have no hope. There are people that live right down the road from you, maybe even in the same neighborhood from you, that don't have the hope that you have this Christmas. I want you to pray for those people, but I'm challenging you and charging you to be intentional about delivering the gift. Point number five today. As we look at this one verse, it starts out, Thanks be unto God. Thanks be to God. A simple thank you goes a long way. One of the things that I try to do with my kids, when somebody gives you something, what do you say? Thank you. Thank you. How come that's so hard to do? It's hard. It's hard to say thank you when we look at the cross and we see the price that was paid. And it's, it's, it takes too much time to just bow our heads as believers and say thank you God for what you did. Thank you for what you did for me. I'm not pointing fingers at anyone in here, but as Christians as a whole, we do not take time to simply say thank you. Thank you. A lot of times we go and knock on the door again and begin something else that we need. I want you to know thanks be to God as Paul writes. He wants us to make sure that we say thank you to God. Give thanks always for all things unto God, Ephesians 5 tells us. And everything give thanks. First Thessalonians 5, 18. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. How many of us today will not raise our hands that we're thankful, but we will bend our knee because we're thankful. We'll bend our knee and say, thank you God for what you did for me. Point number six, probably the most disheartening point of them all, and that is this. Some gifts remain unopened. Some gifts remain unopened. There have been times around the Christmas tree that for one reason or another, somebody didn't show up to get their gift. I don't know if you've had that in your home, but I've had it in mine. And that gift sits there as long as the tree stands. And then when the tree goes away, guess what? The gift is still there. What do you do with that gift? I'm not going to ask you. I don't want you to tell me. I might be the one who gets it. Listen, a lot of times that gift keeps the name tag, but it never goes anywhere. It remains unopened around the celebration of the birth of our Savior there are so many that do not open 
the true gift of the season. They focus on the lights and the activities and the get-togethers. They're amazed by what Christmas spirit brings to our lives. But the true meaning behind Christmas is not lights and a fluffy man and all of that. It's all wonderful stuff. But the true meaning of Christmas is Jesus Christ. There are so many, so many within our world that have never opened that gift. And I want to say this today. There are some in our world who don't want it. That's okay. But have you, have you ever shared the gospel with somebody that didn't want to hear it? That's hard. It's discouraging. It makes you not want to do it anymore. If you take it personal, like I take a lot of stuff, it's a smack in my face. And it has discouraged me in the past. When somebody doesn't want the greatest gift and I'm offering it to them and they say no, it just discourages me and I'm fine then. But it has discouraged me from continuing to share the gospel. If one person rejects it, doesn't mean that everybody will reject it. And so I want to give you a word of encouragement as we close out this sermon today and that is this. Continue to share the greatest gift of Jesus Christ this Christmas season. Don't let one person or one situation discourage you from sharing Jesus. For that one that rejects salvation through Jesus Christ, here's the heartbreaking message. For all eternity, that one is choosing to be separated from God. For all eternity. Friends, we're worried about a few years of life. We're worried about 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 years. And we get embarrassed in those years and we gift, keep the gift to ourselves in those years. And for all of eternity, we are affecting other people. The Christmas challenge is this. Eternity is in the balances for people that are around us. For family members that sit at your table. Eternity is in the balance. And are we comfortable just to keep our mouth closed? We're afraid of what they're going to say. Are we afraid they're going to tell us no? They're not telling you no. They're telling God no. Most heartbreaking thing this Christmas is that there are going to be people that sit around our tables that will never see heaven because we keep our mouth shut. Shame on us. This Christmas, I want it to be different. And I know this is a direct message to the church. But I think God has a lot of things He wants the church to do. And telling people about Jesus is at the top of the list. The challenge. What will you do with the greatest gift? What will you do with Jesus? Maybe today there's somebody in the midst, in the sanctuary today, that has never accepted that gift. Here is the direct invitation, not from your pastor, but from Jesus Christ. He says simply this, come.
come. Come and receive the greatest gift. Come and see the li- receive the life-changing power that Christ offers everyone. Everyone, if you look to the left and the right and front or behind, every person that you see is a sinner. Every person is unworthy of the gift of God. But God laid down His only Son. He sent His only Son that whosoever, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This morning, if you're one of those whosoevers that need to call on the name of the Lord for the first time, I pray that you won't let somebody sitting beside you stop you from coming to receive the greatest gift in the world. Church, Christians, brothers and sisters today, the challenge is this for us. We possess the greatest gift in all the world. What will we do with it this Christmas season? Let us pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for your word. And I pray, Lord, for this Christmas challenge, this one verse. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. God, I know there are sometimes we don't seem like we have the words to put in to speech what it means, what you have done, the price that you paid, the great gift that you are. Maybe today in a a moment of invitation, there's somebody that just wants to come down front and kneel for just a few minutes and say, thank you, God, for that gift that you have given. I want to open up the altar for people that will come. Just say, thank you, God, for what you've done for me. I want to open up the altar this morning for those, Lord, that will say, God, help me. Lord, you know that without you, we are nothing, the Bible teaches us. We need your help to share the most important news. Give us the courage and strength to do so. And today, if there's somebody that needs that courage and strength, maybe they will come out, they'll bow down and say, Lord, help me, help me. Father God, Lord, I pray that you lead our minds and our hearts and that one person that you brought to our mind that needs the love of Jesus this Christmas season. That may be somebody sitting around our own table. Lord, I pray that you will make us a people of prayer who pray for those opportunities to give the gospel message. Maybe today there's somebody that wants to come and and bow their knee and pray for that one that needs Jesus. Father God, I pray if there's one person in this room that has never truly accepted Christ as Savior, they will admit that they are a sinner and they need a Savior. God, that your blood covers the multitude of sins in which the Bible teaches. God, that you will come and live in their heart as they say yes to you. Lord, if there's somebody that needs Jesus as Savior for the very first time, I pray they will come and kneel and accept that great gift. Thank you for what you're going to do in this moment of business as we fall before you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.